I do. And I don't. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the coolest podcast on the planet. It is I Do and I Don't Show with Joel Van Vliet and Cat Skinner. And then I'm going to add a... Uh... You want to jump in? Are you going to actually add the sound effect or are you just going to produce it with your teeth lips? <laughs> I just did that with my teeth lips? <laughs> um... Your teeth lips, yeah. Yeah, these uh, crazy teeth lips that I have. Um, this is the I Do and I Don't podcast show in which we offer marriage advice. Um, and relationship advice. And relationship. And sometimes sex advice. And we do this by answering your questions, people at home who are listening and now viewing on our live streams. Check out our Facebook page, I Do and I Don't Show, and uh, our Instagram, I Do and I Don't Show, for when we will be doing these crazy live streams. And we answer these questions. A uh, cat gets them, and they're anonymous. And then she reads them to me, and I answer them. That's the premise. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have a thing or two to say about the questions as well. And people, and I, like, they don't do it in the comments, but I'm pretty sure they, like, send, have they sent you private messages where they're like, let Joel talk more, or? Um, no, not not at all, actually. What in Joel's... fact, a few people have said, I really want to ask you a question, but I'm scared of what Joel's going to say. <laughs> Is that true? So, yeah, a little bit. True? They're like, well, you know, because sometimes he will rip the person a new one, and it's embarrassing for me to think that, no, I'm kidding. No one's ever said that. By the way, if anyone ever feels like, oh, no, Joel's going to rip my head off because, you know, and I'm going to be embarrassed and this is going to be blah, blah, blah. It's a, I only do that when you deserve it. It's right, true. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to just make fun of anyone. If you think that there's a chance that Joel is going to humiliate you with regard to your question, it's probably because you already know that it's a ridiculous question. Yeah, you deserve it in a sense. <laughs> is that wrong? Is that wrong to say? I don't know. I feel like we could, like, bump the compassion factor, but... I guess that's my job. I'll be the compassionate yeah, I, one. I feel like you've got compassion for days. You know, like you've got a compassion enough for both of us. I don't, I really don't feel like I need to <laughs> add to that pool of compassion. Uh, should we tackle our first question? Yeah, I think we should tackle our first question. And uh, Kat, why don't you read that to us now live? Sure, I will. Joel and Kat, I have a question for your podcast. So my husband likes to drink. He'll have a few beers pretty much daily, but he rarely gets drunk, and his personality doesn't change when he drinks, but it bothers me deeply still. I grew up with an alcoholic parent, and I have a constant looming feeling of doom when it comes to my loved one's drinking. I'm just constantly scared he will develop a problem and lead into alcoholism eventually. I've talked to him about this and tried to explain my point of view calmly and lovingly, but he doesn't agree with my mindset and just dismisses my fears, ensuring me that this won't happen to him. Kindly, but still dismissive. So I'm wondering if you think this is something I need to work through on my own, this is entirely my own shit and trauma to heal, or is there some middle ground to be had and he should, as my partner, be willing to compromise with me? Also, I personally think drinking every day is a problem, but I'm met with, it's just what I do to unwind, and lots of men do it, which also bothers me. Well, this is a very detailed question that somebody wrote. Um, 
Now, uh, Kat, it, it did I wasn't listening? Did um, <laughs> did this person say that they were married? Yes, they are married. How did that happen? So she has like always had these feelings. This is what I'm. This is, and I'll. I know I go over this quite a bit. But why are people in these situations? Like this, like a, a drinking habit should be in like a deal breaker way long if ago. You, if you're triggered by it, here's the thing that I'm learning about relationships, Joel. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is a particular issue that women have to grapple with, but I feel like collectively we are conditioned to dismiss all of our red flags and be as accommodating as possible to whoever we want to try to love, particularly if we have had some trauma in our own lives. It's almost like we feel like the um, the instability and the complexity and the frustration might be normal for love. So right. where some people would be like, oh, no, that doesn't jive with me. I can't really build a relationship with someone who's into that. Other people are like, yes, but I really like all these other things about them. And so therefore I'm going to like look past that and like focus on the good things instead. It happens so frequently that I'm starting to think that it's just like part of this consciousness that some of us have been ingrained with. I wonder if that has to do also with, um, you know, if you have a lot of empathy or compassion where you go, man, I value this person and I can Mm -hmm. see the good in them like you were saying, but yeah. it's it's kind of like, I, I understand that somebody can have struggles and these things can just be issues that somebody uh, is dealing with and I can help them. I've, I can even help them. Um, yeah, that's definitely another pattern, you know, and you focus so much on the things that you love about the person and the beautiful things about them too, that you're like, oh, it's, it's going to shift. It's going to change. They're going to grow. But then and there's then, some of us like, you know, and I'm not saying it's always, I'm always like this, but that certainly go, well, no, that's a problem or that's a problem with me. Or I'm even willing to accept that some people are uh, write-offs. <laughs> like I'll, I, I, uh, and I know it's, it seems harsh and I'll, I'll still be like, sometimes I'll be like, oh man, I, I wish that person could heal for themselves, but definitely I'm not going to try to make them heal for me because that's, like it's not possible (laughs) yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole that's no it's not not possible and like Joel I think of of many of the adult humans that I have friendships with you probably are one of the people I know who has such a clearly defined sense of your own boundaries you really and like you can you can be dismissive and like make jokes about being single but I think in your singlehood you've really kind of established exactly what you need and exactly what you don't need in relationships. So, and I think that you have enough self-awareness and self-love that you can be like, oh, well, you seem cool, but like, I can't, I I can't get behind that or that's not going to work for me. And you're just like, no, sorry. There is, there, there are like, I mean, I'm sure I can get uh, hoodwinked or, you know, um, wrapped up in, in somebody's cute, but, but, um, I was just going to say, you put a good ass on it though, and it might be like more problematic <laughs> Ooh, for you, just gets me going crazy. But, um, but the <laughs> thing, <laughs> but the thing is that, yeah, like, I mean, there, I think what I am able to do, which, um, again, 
it might be a predominantly masculine trait, and I hate to do those things, but there there are differences there. And that is... But it's true. Yeah, that is to uh, look at any sort of idea um, without any or very little emotion. So to be able to go like, no, this is the way this is without feeling like, you know, without feeling too much about the issue, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I'm approached with a person that has some sort of, um, you know, quality that doesn't jive with me, I can go, well, that quality logically wouldn't, wouldn't work with me. And even though if I dwell on it with my heart, I might go, this is such a shame. Intellectually, I can go, well, this isn't going to work, so I have to let it go. Yeah. But with So, like, maybe... in general, ladies, let's all be more like Joel, first of all. <laughs> Secondly, if you do find yourself in a long-term relationship, like a marriage with someone who does have patterns that are triggering you, I mean, drinking every day is not good for you, period. Like, there's a lot of science that proves that drinking any amount of alcohol on a daily basis is really not that great for your body, period. I know they've said sometimes red wine is good, but I think there's just as much evidence to support that it isn't. However, there are lots and lots of people who can function quite highly and have a couple of drinks every single day. Um, This person kind of got into this scenario knowing that that was the case. So uh, I think to expect their partner to change at this point when they seem to be functioning and managing might be an unrealistic request. Like it sounds like their partner is listening to their fear be expressed and like they're being sympathetic and kind about it. But at the same time, they're like, yeah, no, I'm okay. This is not an issue. So I think that they're being heard and understood. But then, you know, maybe there is some onus for the non-drinking partner to kind of work through some of their triggers and, and understand exactly where it's coming from and see the difference between what's happening in their home and what happened in their childhood. Would yeah, you agree with that? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> of course you wouldn't. <laughs> Why would I even ask? I, I, I don't agree because, like, I personally feel that drinking is uh, – a mistake. So yeah, but you don't drink at all, though. Right. So that, but that, and that's my choice, and that's, uh, but that <clears throat> comes from a philosophy about drinking. So, um, so I'm gonna side with her entirely, and the only question is that, like, w- what do you do with this situation? Because of course, you because you have accepted that behavior as far as accepting the person, and you knew that that behavior was there. You can't. I mean, it's not really fair to go like, well, now I demand that you stop. But like, are there children involved? Did we hear about children in that question? Mm, No, there's no mention of children here. Like, I think they're like, you know, I mean, if she's like me, you know, I would be a little bit like, okay, so this person's got a, a like pretty, and I think any doctor would agree, pretty heavy drinking habit. If you're drinking uh, like, daily and quite a bit daily that's not that's that's a lot that's not casual drinking so and this like guy's I, don't, got, I don't know how many is a few beers is that two beers is that five beers every day I a few is at least three yeah well yeah because a couple is two and then a few is three I don't know if she's using it as but people use it in different ways but um <clears throat> either way it's a lot it, that it, it's a that's a lot of drinking and um so now if she 
like if they're continuing in this relationship and and like now they're going to have a child in the mix and this guy's going to have health problems. I mean, you can't drink like that and you're going to get away with it. Yeah. You are going to have health problems. So now she's going to have to manage her family and his health problems because of his poor choices. That's going to affect her. So I would say the the things that she really has to say and kind of express is there's kind of like this is where we're just gonna have to hang out like especially if there aren't kids i i would be like if you want kids honey you you're really gonna have to change the way you live your life because this isn't this isn't working so you think and that it it's reasonable to compromise then like maybe he can dial the few beers back to like a beer every night slippery slope and i, I think mean, that that's like, what her concern is Sorry, she doesn't mention if she drinks at all either. Like, does she ever drink alcohol? Is she a non-drinker? I don't know those details. Does it make right. a difference? Do they well, both decide what's an acceptable amount of drinking? I think maybe that would be an interesting place to come at this from. This is, a, you know, and I'm going to tell this story because it was actually a really interesting story. Uh, a couple that I know very well uh, told me this story, and they're middle-aged. And um, I know that they never drank, you know, uh, or they, they didn't drink, uh, while like for, for years and years, as, as long as I've known them. And I said, why don't you guys drink? Like, is it a religious reason? Is, you know, what, what is the, what is the reason you guys aren't drinking? And I was talking to the husband of this couple and he said, um, that he was okay with drinking. He grew up and, and he would have a few drinks and, and he never felt like it was going to be a problem. It was never going to become an issue for him. But um, when he got married and, and uh, to his wife and they were um, enjoying, you know, a glass of wine at dinner and they would drink every now and again, um, his wife started kind of feeling like, uh-oh, this is, I'm enjoying this too much. This mm. might become a problem. And I think that there was also maybe some alcoholism in her family. So there was an issue possibly there. But she just found, like, in herself, she was like, oh, this is almost too good for me. I, I should dial it back. So she approached him and said, look, I feel like we, as a couple, as a unit, as two people that are intimately together for the rest of our lives as a partnership – should stop drinking because it could become a problem for me. And it feels like it might become a problem for me. And the guy huh. was like, I don't feel that problem. But in that support, of course, I will stop drinking. And they never drank again. Wow, that's amazing that he would do that for her. Right. So, But the, I think the thing here is that we're not dealing with like, my husband really loves hummus. <laughs> and every day he'll enjoy hummus and, you know, th sometimes the garlic breath is annoying. And it's, you know, we're dealing with uh, my husband enjoys a lot of poison every night. He loves to put poison in his body. And we know that, you know, for a while there it's probably going to be fine. But we also know that this poison does catch up with people. And not only that, the amount of poison could increase. Hmm. because we don't, like, and he's like, it won't be a problem. You go, no. I don't see that sign on your forehead that says, we'll never be an alcoholic. You, you don't know that. So for them to have a partnership, I think the, like, it's not crazy to say, 
can we try to avoid this horrible <laughs> habit that kills people and destroys lives? You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that's unrealistic or unreasonable. But I so mean, you can't demand in that it, case, then, like, they do you think that they both have to agree to stop drinking altogether, or do you think that there's like a way to enjoy alcohol occasionally, but not maybe on the daily in such a quantity? Well, if he is like that's it's kind of a confusing thing to go. Um, well, we can drink as much as I want us to drink. <laughs> well, because here's the thing, though, like having I I am not personally an alcoholic, but I come from. Uh, two sets of parents who are adult children of alcoholics. So alcohol and uh, alcoholism and Alcoholics Anonymous is deeply ingrained in my consciousness growing up. And I know that there is a type of alcoholism that is that high-functioning daily drinking. That's absolutely one way to defi- define problem drinking. If it's mm-hmm. like constant every day and you can't or won't stop, I mean, there's that. Like not all alcoholics are the angry, raging, loud ones. Yes, but... but um your like high functioning alcoholism, like just because you can function well mm. jer- with your habit doesn't mean that that habit isn't going to come back to bite you in the ass. Oh no, for sure it will. And I, I mean, it, in some ways we could say that it already is a problem because it's distressing her right. and creating like a lot of worry and anxiety for her. And it seems to be like a point of contention between the two of them as well. So... Yeah, and you know. have a person okay, there that's going. I'm going to this one. I'm going to say, yeah, even though you saw that this was happening before you got into the relationship and it was there throughout courtship and getting married, I do think that this is table worthy. Put it on the table. Yeah, you got to talk for about compromise. it. And it, it and yeah, you do. You should. You are. You did shoot yourself in the foot by getting married to the guy. <laughs> <laughs> he must have a really great penis. But yes, and uh, Amanda says functional alcoholics are the scariest type. And uh, that is, you know, and the thing is that sometimes you won't know that someone's an alcoholic. And next thing you know, they have this massive, like, uh, health issue. And you go, what was that all about? Well, I've been drinking for the last 20 years. Do you Um, feel like we answered that sufficiently? Well, we gave a lot of thoughts. Mm -hmm. I think we did. I think we more or less, yeah, because... I, I don't even remember the question entirely, but I think we did sort of. Um, you, you didn't remember it the second after I re- read it the first time. so Yeah, but I think we sort of tackled it pretty well. So what's the next question, Kayant? Um, okay, uh, this is a doozy. Um, how do you gain emotional intimacy at what point do you throw in the towel when you tell your partner what makes you feel loved and they are unable to give that to you? I am in a two-year-long relationship and we have a child. Guys, let's, we got to stress this. This is why there's a thing called dating. But this is another pattern that I'm seeing emerging, right? Like women attach themselves, not all women, but many women attach themselves way too quickly to people without having a chance to see how they are when the shit hits the fan or how like they respond to real life situations. Right. Or in this case, maybe it's a matter of like, oh, they had a great time. Like things were really fun. They were Mm -hmm. learning about each other and it was exciting. And the sex was great. And maybe the sex is still very good, you know, and everything was just super fun. And then she's like, yes, but you are not affirming me with your words and I could use some more words of affirmation and he's like 
but we were having fun and you never needed that before. And she's like, yes, but now I'm realizing that I need that, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, she all, it's all back to the love languages, right? And actually the sex of. thing is also an issue. I just cut that out of the question because we've answered the how do you bring the spark back into the bedroom so many times I'm actually bored. This is two years and what was there a specific uh, note about that or is she just like, and uh, the sex And also how favorite. do you bring back the spark? Well, I'm assuming if her if, the, if she doesn't feel like there's an emotional connection and um, she's not getting her love... <laughs> demonstrated in the way that she understands why would they possibly want to have sex right exactly or the sex Um, is maybe going to be pretty bland yeah Paige is also saying do they know each other's love languages although you know what you can tell someone what your love language is over and over and over again and they have to either be willing to learn it and speak it or they just it's not it's not in their vernacular it's not (laughs) in their vocabulary so now what do you do? Because you're in a relationship, you have a child. She doesn't sound like she wants to just, you know, end things, which I wouldn't even recommend that. You know, you have a child there. Mm-hmm. Can so, we get them back? Hey, Kat, can we get them back on track? Um, it's possible. I think it's always, it's always worth giving it a shot, especially if you've got kids involved in the scenario. I think okay, the well, first listen, big step. Wait, wait. I want to set the stage here. In this question right now, we are going to get them back on track. Like, this isn't just like some namby-pamby advice, Kat. You and I, right now, are getting this couple back on track. Let's do it. Yes. Um, Okay. Uh, So step one, identify what you need to feel loved. Baby, okay, I'm, and I'm going to back you up with everything you say. Baby, you need to know you. You've got to get into your own skin. you got to go, what is it that I need to feel close to somebody? What do I need to feel close to myself? And then what do I need to feel close to the other person? Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay, step two, identify how you are satisfying those things that you need in order to feel loved. Are you filling your own shoes, baby? Are you filling your own cup? Mm-hmm. Because that's good, but only when you know how to fill that cup can you get somebody else to fill that cup. Is that what you're saying, Kat? That's right. Then figure out what the love languages are. Buy that book, read the blog posts, look it up, and then identify exactly it. specifically what yours are and have your partner do the same. You know what? There's five love languages. You can count them on one hand, baby. So all you need to do is find out what those are and then analyze yourself. There's tests online. There's tests online. You know, we all love those BuzzFeed tests. Do do this one that's going to change your life. And by the way, you can do that with your significant other. And it's really fun. And that could be a a date night. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't. I can't even with you. You've been in isolation for too long. And it's only been, what, two days since you've been out in the world? Was the um? Did you do we solve it? I, I feel like you just gave those steps. Is that all? That yeah, they learn need each to other's do? love languages, and you know, try to try to demonstrate his. I think it was Amanda that suggested like you learn their love language first. Maybe they'll feel more influenced to do the same. That doesn't always work either, but you can try oh, it for sure. It's point, worth trying. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't always work either. Nope. So and so this is how. Uh, uh, simple it is. You follow those steps and the whole time, once you learn those things, all you have to do is communicate them and very important, and this is very important, 
don't do it in an accusatory way. You get in there and you go, baby, I'm telling you this because I love you. I love you and I want this to last forever. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I'm only doing this because I want us to be so connected we will never split apart. Yeah. And and guaranteed if you are both committed to following those steps... And you both can do so in the spirit of growing your relationship and not slinging blame back and forth to each other. You will definitely establish emotional intimacy. You will both feel loved and your sex yeah, life is going to cause when, cause, Cause baby, when he's sitting there and tears are stro- rolling down his cheeks and he's saying, I had no idea you felt that way. And baby, I want you to feel loved and I want you to feel appreciated. And I will go to great lengths to fill that other half of your cup. Baby, you're going to be soaking wet. You're going to be going, woo, this guy gets me. And I'm going to, like, then it's going to be on. Like, you guys are going to bang, like, it's going to be wonderful. So as entertaining as this has been for me to watch and hear, I think that I... um I also just heard something really important there. You said, like, I'm going to fill the other half of your cup. But I think I think that we need to fill our own cup to the brim. Ooh, and then a good relationship is just going to make it overflow and, like, oh, gush everywhere. Slow. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so uh, let, rewind, rewind, rewind. <clears throat> Baby, he's going to see your cup and he's going to go, it's so full, but I had nothing to do with it. I want to fill that cup. And you're going to say... You can add to it, baby, and it's just going to overflow. It's going to overflow all over you, baby. Let our cups runneth over. And Mm. will we ever get to do a podcast Mm. where we don't talk about gushing? I don't think so. (laughs) Hey, I didn't say say that specifically. And I'm trying to avoid that too because, uh, you know, I I don't want to do the same joke every time. It's not a joke, Joel. It's real serious business. So this is great. I think we. I think I'm pretty confident we solved that. That wasn't even just like half-assed. That was we solved a problem. <laughs> Amanda says he can be the dash of bitters. You don't need much room for that. What is that? Bitter. Oh, you don't drink, so you maybe don't know what a bitter Amanda, is. Amanda, why are you doing a drinking reference right after that question about drinking? <laughs> because life is full of contradictions, Joel. What a crazy cat. <laughs> um... Um, I think we answered that really well. Follow those steps to a team. We didn't answer that. We didn't answer that. We solved that problem. Sorry. If only it could all be that easy, but there's always hope. Um, Okay, here's a doozy. Ready for the doozy. And I need you to know, because sometimes you get upset that I don't ask follow-up questions and we don't have enough information to work with. I did try. Now, this person may have responded since we started broadcasting here. Broadcasting, can I say that? Is that what yeah. we're doing? Oh yeah, it's streaming. So cool. uh, ever since we started broad, <laughs> since we started broadcasting <laughs> like this evening. Old, guys. Sorry. Um, anyway, oh, I don't, I don't have all the information, so I know you're going to ask some real questions here. But all right, I'll just read you. And what I it's have. a doozy. It's a doozy, and we don't have enough information. Yeah. Oy vey. Try try real hard to pay attention, though. Okay. All right. How do you tell your spouse that you are no longer physically attracted to them? Mm-hmm. I would like to tell him gently without breaking his spirit. I do want to stay in the marriage with him and we have children. I just have zero interest in him physically. I don't feel he takes good care of himself. Hygiene is fine, but the grooming could be paid more attention to. He's not physically active and he's low energy. I'm a very high energy person with an interest in health and fitness and he's absolutely not. 
It was fine when we were younger, but now we're into our 40s, and those few beers a day are catching up to him. No, I'm just kidding. That Same couple. Not in there. I just added that. <laughs> <laughs> I just find myself turned right off. I suppose the intention would be simply to let him know kindly that I no longer feel we're sexually compatible so that there are no longer expectations on either of us. That's not the answer. Well, to, to, and this to, is a, to, my follow-up question was like, so are you expecting to live a sexless life now or do you want to come to some kind of arrangement so that you guys are in partnership but you're getting your sexual needs satisfied elsewhere? Yeah, but, but, but already the, the, it's just like she's gone, eh, he's put on a few pounds, I've given up. Like that's it. Like that's it. Like she, she, there's no room for like, how can I encourage him to go to the gym? Like there's no, there's no like, we can't get, we can't go back from this point. Like what if he starts get like, I'll tell you what, if she says like, okay, listen, I really don't want to be with you intimately anymore. I, I'm not sexually attracted to you. If you want to have additional partners, that's fine. I have no libido anymore. I just want to sit around and do nothing I'm, or work out or whatever. By the way, if she works out, she probably does have quite the libido. But, um, you know, if she were to say that, you would see how fast this guy would start grooming. <laughs> he's like, what? I got to go pick up someone new? You know, he's going to the gym with you. He's buying better pants that fit his body better. You know, that's a good idea from, the, uh, from Lori. Uh, she says they should start a couple's salsa class. Uh, yeah, because there's like no end to the kinds of things that you could do together as a couple to get fit. So you think you think she should sorry. threaten to just go off and bang other people to like get him to get it together? That that's this is the, you know I was saying that because she's already given up. She's thrown in the towel, and 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 the the you know I I'm, the I, irony would be that when she says just go sleep with other people, he goes and becomes hot because <laughs> oh, he I see. Okay. feels motivated. And then she'll be like, oh, no, he's hot again. Oh, I wish I could. I was having sex with him. And he's like, no, you already shut that door, baby. <laughs> get him hot. Like, motivate him. Get excited. Like, get that, you know. I, I agree with Amanda. She says, Joel, that seems counterproductive. And here's the thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm not suggesting it as an idea. I'm saying that this is, the, this is how stupid she is. She should be encouraging him to better himself for them, but also so that she gets turned on by him again. Because it does it, it but, but the way the question is written, she's gone, um, uh, you know, it's the grooming and uh, he's put on some weight. So it's over. You know, like, what? <laughs> Those are things that are fixable, you idiot. Yes. I, I, I agree 100% that they're fixable. And I think it's a hard conversation to have for sure to say, hey, listen, you've been letting yourself go. I yeah, would like you're you a to raise the bar a little bit. What did you say? You're a tub of lard. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think you should say that. That would be really insensitive. Yeah, um, use that term. I think that uh, you should have a conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they've already talked about open and non-judgmental communication. Yeah, absolutely. That that should be <laughs> that should be a conversation to be had together, just to see. Like, it has to do with drive too. It's not sexy for a man to have no drive and not want to self-improve. I 100% agree with that. Like, yeah, that's true. Well, this is what I'm talking about. So if if and again, it's not advice that I'm giving, but 
if she were to say to him, you, you can go find someone else to sleep with, he would probably feel, well, he, he might just wallow and, and, you know, just stay the way he is and be very sad. <laughs> or he might go, oh, I can, I, I, I better up my game. I better become, um, you know, lose weight and, and uh, be healthier and uh, get up before noon and stuff like that. And that would maybe... Um, make him more attracted to, attractive to her. But how do you motivate somebody without offending them? Without I mean, I think it's impossible for him not to get offended because she has to express that her attraction is waning. Like she has to say that. Like, and, and even if you come at it from a positive angle, like I find it so sexy when I don't know if this guy was ever fit, but like maybe you remember when black, back in such and such when you were really active and blah blah blah. I loved that. Mm-hmm. And like, you know that I'm really into fitness. It would be really good for both of us and for our sex life if you could just kind of find the momentum to like get on board with that. And baby, stop buying the Twinkies. Why don't you stop buying the Twinkies? You know, that's a good start. Uh, By the way, uh, Lori says um, that everyone has their reasons and seasons. Finding the root cause is important. And I think that that is something interesting that neither of us were uh, honing in on. Yeah, I, I would is, agree. Like maybe there's, there's an underlying something issue. there, yeah. Why is it that he has lost his will to live? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Am- Amanda's, probably it's- Amanda's saying she should ask him how his mental health is doing. He doesn't mm-hmm. seem to care about himself too much anymore. There could be a deeper issue. Yeah, those are all excellent points, guys. Yeah, and it could be all your fault, lady. <laughs> Because you are emotionally unavailable and already yeah, maybe on. you maybe <laughs> learn his love language. Um, but yeah, that is uh, that is those are good points. But also, that's a difficult conversation to have without you know somebody getting their back up and getting offended. So I would say that <laughs> um, I like the idea of of doing things as a couple and making them super fun. Yeah, and maybe if you can find mutual activities to do together and, and maybe, and it will be a bit of work, you know, you got to put in a little bit of effort. You're married, I guess. And, um, maybe through that, he'll feel better about rock climbing. People are all crazy about this rock climbing. (laughs) People are crazy about their rock climbing. They're going crazy for this stuff. And so they're, you, you know, get him rock climbing, and then when you're up on the wall thing, uh, on those big giant bubble gum blobs, which is what <laughs> it looks like to me, um, you know, you're, you're going, hey, b- babe, by the way, I like the look of your bicep there. Are you depressed? You know, that's <laughs> when you can ask those questions, you know, because you've really, you know, I, you're looking a lot fitter and a lot stronger, but I think you were letting yourself go for a bit there, and... Uh, you know, was it something I said? <laughs> so you, know. you think you should spring the conversation on them in the midst of climbing a rock wall? Well, I'm saying that when you're in the moment, you're having a good time mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, uh, and uh, look, with the social distancing, that's true. Amanda brings up a good point. With social distancing, that's going to be hard. So I would suggest, because you, they live together, you go down to the Niagara Glen. There's huge <laughs> rocks there. <laughs> Just find real rocks. No, we're we are not them. suggesting that anyone climb yep. an actual rock face nope, right I now. Am. Yep, we are I not am. suggesting that. I am. Yep. No, I am. <laughs> no, he's not. Disregard. Yes, I am. <laughs> yep, I am. 
I no, you're on cat. I'm I am. assuming no responsibility for Joel's advice. Okay. <laughs> like if somebody falls off one of those rocks, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not going to get in trouble for that. No, won't you? But uh, anyway, there are plenty of ways to be active together during this time of social distancing and physical isolation. Yeah. That's what YouTube's for. There's like plenty of fitness videos on the YouTubes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I mean, but make it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and know. she she seemed to mention that there were kids involved, so they can do stuff as a family together too. And Amanda brings up a very good point that uh, if somebody falls to their death, problem solved. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that this time, Kat. No, you didn't. <laughs> that was somebody else. <laughs> I think you may have met your match, Joel. Yeah, that, that, that's somebody else that has horrible jokes. Um, but there you go. So uh, problem solved. Do something fun together. If not, stop buying the chips, you know. Tell yeah. them that you're going to want to Make sure you're not enabling shop. this either. That's, that's another yeah. very important point. And something that I don't want to encourage at all and we know that you know my uh ideas about drinking were like i didn't like that substance and so i'm not gonna like this really but if he has to start a coke habit i hear that that really does help lose a lot of weight so if that has to happen or cigarette smoking then those are options and by the way people look cooler when they're smoking nobody looks cool when they're smoking are you crazy in movies and then and then she'll be like oh actually he is kind of the hygiene thing is weird because he stinks now. But You were doing um, so well. We got, like, so many great tidbits from you tonight, and it, it huh? just went all to shit, Joel. But <laughs> uh, another thing is you can tell him you got some really light beer and just give him water because water will help you lose weight. Is that true, Kat? Um, I don't know that that's true. It's important to drink some water. I think that's a bit of well, a What myth, about though. water weight? That's a problem, water weight. I think restricting your carbohydrate intake is a very dramatic way to lose weight rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But try to convince them to stop drinking like the other uh, <laughs> person's going to do. Yeah, don't drink five Scroll. beers every night. Rewind and listen to that part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we, look, we, we're not going to teach him how to, like, I don't know if either of us, Kat, are super fitness people. Um, <laughs> I know that I have a tummy. So I don't know if we're going to be able to solve that exactly how to do all the fitness thing, but we certainly can um, tell them to uh, do some rock climbing together or like go for a jog. Yeah. Go for a jog. Walking even, like if you haven't been active very regularly, just starting to get like a solid hour-long walk-in every day, which pretty much everyone can do right now is a really good way to activate greater fitness. And I'm a big walker. I do. Well, I, I think we've answered that question. We had a fourth question, uh, and it is one that we've tackled before, but maybe we can quickly revisit it just so that we can invite our live audience to sound off on this one too. Okay. Um, and it's just the idea of remaining friends with an ex. Is it a good idea if you're in a new relationship to stay friends with your ex if there are no children involved? So there's no kids connecting you. What's, what's the deal with staying friends with your ex? How do, how do we all feel about it? Well, if you're both, uh, you both want to be friends, what's the problem? I don't understand. I don't understand the question. Renee, Ooh, says, Renee says nope, nope immediately. 
Nope. It's a hard nope. Um, there are no kids. I would say that, like, uh, remain friends and continue sleeping with them uh, <laughs> until you find someone else to sleep with. That's such a bad idea. But Is it? Um, I-, I know lots Why? of people have done it. Makes things I mean, very you know. complicated. What's your definition of friends? Ryan says no. There's a reason why they're an ex. It, and I think I think Amanda has a good question. Like, what's the definition of friendship? Do you bump into each other from time to time in town and it's friendly and amicable? Or are you up late at night, like, sharing your problems with each other? Or <laughs> I'm not, like, I am, I don't, I'm not staying up late at night with any, like, I mean... Like not who is on the phone? I don't know. Like texting, talking. Uh, do you go out for dinner? Do you hang out? I don't know. Like what? How, how friendly is friendly? There are no kids involved in this scenario, Alistair. You can be friendly. Amanda Parker says that the only reason would be maybe if you broke up because you weren't attracted to them anymore but got along well. Okay, so here's the thing. Like I have tried now to create a practice of ending relationships before it gets so bad that you don't respect each other anymore. It's the Seinfeld move. Yeah. You know, how they ended yeah, that exactly. show before so, it was. Um, I think, you know, like I, I would say I have a decent relationship with all the people I have dated with the exception of one person over the last however many years of my life. I could probably bump into any of them on the street and have a great conversation. And I have hung out socially with a couple of them. Um, you know, usually what happens is that they move on and they find someone and we don't hang out so much anymore. But... I bear nobody any ill will, and I like to think that they feel the same. So I don't think it's appropriate to be starting a new relationship and still talking and hanging out with the guy I was just sleeping with four months ago. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I would say that. I think you have to be really I, careful what needs they're satisfying in you. Can I say, can I say that I think, Kat, you're a bit of an anomaly because <laughs> you are a very you're a, un, unusually open in many ways and um ca- like lax or relaxed I should say in many uh, regards uh and many uh, ideas have pertaining to sex and relationships and uh so for you you probably can just like compartmentalize in a sense or be like actually I really love that person I still love him to death but th- that this is not we're not in that kind of relationship. That's exactly what I, I do. I love you. I think even you're though an I feel person. <laughs> we did not work out so well together. Yeah, and I feel like there could be moments where you would sleep with them again. But um, not all of them. But yes, you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like you're like, eh, yeah, I could do that. All right, let's have a let's have a nice time. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I feel like you have that casual. But then I also would assume that if you start a new relationship. You feel like, oh, then the and and it's going to be a monogamous relationship. You will cut off that portion of those things with, Absolutely. with anyone else that you may have done something. So you you have those um, those um, very uh, strongly defined lines, and that allows you to maintain your friendships with your exes. Even though maybe like two weeks later you you're dating somebody new or whatever. Yeah, but <laughs> two not weeks everyone later. has yes, that. Joel, two <laughs> weeks later. Not everyone has that capacity. Yeah, I guess that's true. I have a different relationship to things like jealousy and I don't know. 
And when and and that's what Ryan is saying about acquaintances versus friends. So we're, if if you're asking, can these people be friends? We should assume that they are communicating at least, I would say, through text on a fairly regular basis to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and like maybe meeting up lives. for a drink from time to time or a meal. Like I don't, I don't think right. that's crazy. But like you said, I'm yeah. an anomaly. I think if you're really yeah, transparent it, with your new partner and like they're kind of looped in, I don't, I don't know. I think that, like, um, you can be friends. I'm trying to think of, like, like I don't really have those circumstances. I don't think... No one wants to be my friend after <laughs> after they've dated me, Kat. Um, okay, here's... I don't... Sorry, go ahead. I, I think that, like, I definitely uh, am friendly with exes, but I don't think I maintain... I don't think you... you you're motivated to maintain like a rich friendship um, after a relationship. Like I don't feel the same motivation and I don't think the two people are motivated, but if, if they, we got along so well and you need a certain type of banter in your life or ongoing like support on some level that you brought to each other. What if you, what if you're like a person that can, they can really openly talk to about things that they can't talk to a lot of people about. Yeah, if you have that, there's it'd be silly to throw it away just because you used to have a different type of relationship. Also, I would argue that you, I mean, if it comes up, you can let your new partner know about it. But I have a feeling that like it's if you're just like this is a very dear friend of mine is good enough. Like why yeah, does like it have if, to be? Oh if yeah, the we used to are pure, do it. Then it really shouldn't upset yeah. anybody. Um, I think Mm -hmm. what is hard though is like in instances where I've had to end a relationship where I really didn't want to, where there is still a lot of feeling there before I felt like I was well and truly done. I think that is a scenario in which it's really hard to be friends afterwards. Yes. So, I mean, of course there's going to be, and that's so every case, case by case basis essentially, right? Um, But I would say that you can maintain those friendships and, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, and and it, and the other person shouldn't even really be that bummed about it, really. So that's the podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us on the internet, and thank you for listening at home on the internet. I guess it's both the internet. <laughs> um, thank you, internet. This is the I do and I don't podcast show where we we said that at the beginning. If you have questions <laughs> that you want us to answer, we are always excited to get questions, new questions. And uh, interesting questions, and they're sent to I do and I don't show at gmail.com, or you can even send a Facebook message to our I do and I don't show page and uh, Instagram I do and I don't show. Um, we're doing these live streams. Check our Facebook page and Instagram so that you can uh, join us on the live stream. We had a lovely group of people tonight, and uh, and we'll be back. Uh, well, we post these every Monday, but we're back. We do these live streams we whenever our schedule works so thank you again for joining us and the last thing that i have to say is don't wear your earbuds all night they will hurt your ears solid advice